Banks and credit unions are more focused than ever on delivering top-notch experiences for their customers. Chris Stanley from Moody's Analytics is this week's podcast guest. He's with us to talk about how technology can help with that effort and where human bankers best fit into the CX equation. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the managing editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. Banking customers want speed, and they want convenience and ease of use. They also want a customized experience that can include high-touch human interactions. Chris Stanley, Senior Director at Moody's Analytics, is here to discuss what it takes to create this kind of personalized customer experience as banking goes ever more digital. Chris, appreciate you making time to be with us. Thanks, Terry. It's great to be here. Chris, let's start with a broad question, hopefully not too broad. How do you at Moody's Analytics think about digital customer experience? And perhaps even more to the point, what does a successful implementation of digital-driven CX look like? Well, I think a lot of customers through a number of other channels outside of banking are very accustomed to technology and are aware they've given over quite a bit of data to a lot of different platforms, including their bank. And I think that that's led to a new environment that we're all operating in that I like to call the anticipation economy. This is a place where customers, knowing that you have that data and having the experiences they do across so many different retail and other online experiences are conditioned to expect us to do something innovative with that data as bankers. So to remain competitive in that kind of an environment, I think we all need to take a careful look at our customer lifecycle process and invest in those strategic opportunities to enhance those interactions with the objective of making the right offers to the right customers at the right time. So obviously a lot goes into trying to put technology to work to modernize business processes and streamline workflows, all of this to benefit customers. A lot of moving parts, so a lot of potential complications. Based on your experience, when digital modernization efforts for CX fall short or lose their way, what are the most common reasons? Well, I think a lot of times we get impressed with technology or a new feature and we get overly focused on what those solutions do instead of thinking carefully about the potential that those solutions enable. So we end up, as a result, automating the status quo when we really should be reimagining the process and customer experience around that technology to maximize our return on any tech investment. The other thing I've seen a lot, too, is when we talk about transformation and banking, I think everybody wants to jump quickly to sort of the big bang, you know, we're going to replace the whole system and all of that that we all kind of grew up doing over the last several decades. But I think the savviest banks are emphasizing a much more iterative approach. You want to get to 
quick wins, delivering those features and benefits to your process or your customer really quickly, and having the flexibility along the way to adapt your strategy and reprioritize what you want to do next, as opposed to being locked into some type of big multi-year investment that carries a lot more risk and frankly is just kind of an outdated approach because others are out there with this more agile method. In an ideal world, a bank and any of its outside partners would be working in perfect unison, you know, with that hive mind mentality. But that's not always the case. Assuming having everybody on the same page is kind of important, how do you get them there and and how do you keep them there? I spent a number of years as a consultant before I was a banker or now at Moody's. And I think what I was always trying to do with my bank customers was get them to think differently about the way that they ran a process or the way they approach complex problems. And a key to that is sort of saying, how does what I know change what I do? And anytime I put a new process or solution or capability in place, I've got to look at everything around it and say, does my process as a whole that is affecting outcomes for my customer, is it sequenced appropriately? Do I have any sort of competing analyses that are causing me to reproduce insight instead of accumulating it? Are there things that were once periodic, like done once a year that could now be triggered by some sort of warning? Am I balancing humans and technology in my new process? Or am I building towards a better view of my customer? A key idea here is using technology to speed things up, to reduce or even in some cases eliminate manual processes. Most of this will happen out of sight of the customer. So aside from the speed factor, Can you tell us more about some of the ways you see this improving the customer experience? There are a lot of things in banking that are done behind the scenes, but that are still very critical to our ability to sell to the whole customer, really think carefully about their needs, and be responsive when we get some indication of a challenge or change that may be facing our borrowers. I think one common example everybody in banking is familiar with is a periodic loan review. This is something that happens to every loan every year. It takes a ton of human hours. It used to be entirely a manual process with a lot of back and forth with the customer to gather information and not much happened as a result of that process. And I think a a key reminder of that is When the pandemic hit and we were all looking at a very different economic situation last March, despite all those loan review activities, a lot of bankers were kind of back at square one trying to figure out which customer to call first. And so I think taking a look at that process and some technology that has come around, there are a lot of opportunities where automation, data, and empirical tools can be used to create a early warning system to trigger a response to outliers. Instead of looking at every loan, we look at the ones that are presenting problems or opportunities, but we're still keeping an eye on the entire portfolio. And so that really revolutionizes the the credit review approach, can redirect some of those human resources to cross sales and opportunities where their expert insight adds value. 
Chris, let's talk a little bit more about people for a bit. Surveys consistently show that customers value a personal touch in their financial interactions, and no doubt it goes into the CX calculus for banks. Where do you see the balance in gaining efficiency from technology and from automation, and at the same time maximizing opportunities to deepen the relationship via that desired personal connection? Well, let me first say, as a banker, I was always sensitive to anybody coming in trying to sell me technology and saying, this can cut your headcount. I always had plenty of tasks besides what the tech was doing that required people. So I always wanted to guard those expert resources. And so from that perspective, when I envisioned the potential that technology brought to a process, I would kind of carefully think about two things to balance those humans and technology. The first one was thinking about sort of steps in a process that are what I would call happy path. Everything works perfectly, but there are steps that we have to go to that have the potential to cause delays from the customer perspective. Those steps are ripe for automation. Let the customer log in, make their requests, upload their documents, automate all of that. But when we get to the non-happy paths, right, those things that my models are flagging as a higher risk deal or something that's maybe at the limits of my risk appetite or places where my customers are experiencing issues and need help. Those are all areas where human touch and expertise add value. And so as I would automate those happy paths, I would look to redirect the people in my process or department towards those those non-happy path opportunities. I'd imagine that a bank or credit union that is heading down this process that you're talking about here, that they would want to start in a place where success is highly likely and where they can also have a significant immediate impact. Are there parts of banking operations that you see as being particularly suitable for this approach that we've been talking about? Well, you know, I think in banking, the back office is underutilized in our approach to the customer experience. It's a place where we've, over the years, built up a lot of expertise. It's a place where there's a lot of data, but it's also filled with processes that are built in response to regulations or risks that we've encountered historically. And so they're not necessarily focused on customers or revenue the way they could be at their optimal state. And so remembering you know what we were saying before about what we know should change what we do, I'm always looking for ways to leverage insights I've gathered from those risk management or compliance activities to shape more profitable pursuits and speed up the amount of time it takes to get that credit decision or the customer outcome that's desired. You mentioned compliance. What makes compliance a good application for this automated approach? I ask this thinking that parts of compliance are so complex, a lot of one-offs, and the stakes, of course, can be so high when things don't go right. I would think that that combination might lead banks to want to keep some manual processes, even if that slows things down somewhat. I definitely understand that. I think the other thing I would point to in that complexity, though, is that a lot of where it comes from is the regulation and risk emphasis of compliance that that developed over time instead of all at once. That incremental approach to 
adapting to a new regulation or incorporating some new risk in our consideration of a decision. What that's done over time is build up these compliance processes where capabilities have been siloed or a process developed incrementally. So no one's ever thought about it end to end and made sure that it it made sense in total relative to other parallel or related processes in the sequence of the decision. And along that same timeline, technology has significantly changed the way we work. And so I think there's a lot of opportunities within compliance for automation, integration, and redirecting expertise where it adds value. So Chris, we've been sort of speaking in general terms, maybe it might benefit us to be a little more specific, uh, you know, kind of get down into the weeds a bit. Can you briefly walk us through the steps of a compliance use case? Maybe give us some color on where the biggest customer benefits are gained and maybe how efficiency is approved on the operational side. Certainly. Why don't we go back to the, the loan review example I alluded to earlier? I think this is a place, you know, we're, we're all pretty familiar with. We've got to open up each borrower's file. We get some new financial statements. We reassess the credit risk and look at any changes in ownership or kind of know your customer type checks to make sure we're still compliant there. And we go through and basically try to decide, does anything need to change on this loan? If not, we move on to the next one. Instead, I think what I'd like to do is think about a few of those touch points that we're going through in that sequence and talk about how do we find connections from those compliance activities to sales to maximize efficiency, revenue opportunities, and return on this compliance investment that we're making as we implement some readily available technology throughout this process. So starting with that know your customer compliance data, You know, that's something we've traditionally used just to say they're not on a sanctions list. I know who their owners are. I don't have any issues there. But what if we thought about that as data that we could use to sell to our whole customer? We know they're related entities. We know their owners and directors. You know, are we really pursuing that entire relationship or are we just lending into the the one customer that's kind of come onto our radar that's triggering the check. So cross-sales and thinking about our whole customer is is key there. The next thing, a lot of banks have got a high-resolution risk rating or an empirical dual risk rating. Those should be used to give us a consistent view of risk for faster credit decisions. That should be used early in pursuit all the way through this portfolio management and credit review and on down the line into Cecil and capital planning as well. So I also want to be thinking about how those functions can work together more smoothly based on that insight. And I want to be thinking about how I can use those ratings to make my entire product suite available to my best customers, not just stopping at the loan they're asking me for, but saying, look what I just learned from that KYC data. Let's talk about some other parts of your business that I can help you with. Finally, I would also like to get to spreading ticklers for information from the borrower and covenant monitoring. These are all things that have been highly manual in the past. They're a place where automation can make a big difference. 
in making decisions faster, keeping data fresh, and kind of eliminating some of those back and forth requests where we spend a bunch of time chasing data from our customers and approach things in a much more streamlined way, but have that up-to-date data to feed our CECL models, which is the next place I think we're getting some benefit in this loan review process. Those CECL models are coming along every quarter. They're adding stress to the through the cycle view of risk that was taken by our pricing and underwriting teams. And they're highlighting outliers, changes in risk rating, changes in overall reserve being assigned to a credit so that my portfolio managers can take action and I can have a flood gauge of risk to think about the next loan that I let in the door. Thinking about where we're connecting this finding from CECL into our loan review and into our underwriting and and pursuit strategies is critical. So I think it's a great case to think about. Thanks for walking us through that. Certainly a compelling use case. So let's wrap things up here. You've built out your plan. You've gone through all of the steps to add automation where you think it makes sense and you're up and running. At some point, it's time to measure whether it was all worth it. How do you know what you're doing is on track? And at the rate the technology is changing, how do you make sure that you're future-proofing things so that you don't have to go through this all again in a few years? I wish I could say there was a point that you knew you were done, but I think the dynamic nature of the environment that we all live and operate in means that we're always going to be iterating on something. And so I like to say every time I introduce a new feature or an update, I revisit my gap analysis and reset my priorities for next steps and future investment. And taking that iterative approach that we talked about a few minutes ago is really key to having that flexibility. Big bang transformations where you think you're going to start today and get to some end point in a really complete overhaul, massive project type of way really carries a lot of risk and is kind of outdated. So I think looking for those modular best-in-class solutions that fill the gaps you identify and then thinking carefully about the potential they enable in a holistic process is critical. In other words, staying focused on where you ultimately want to get and being flexible about finding the best path to get there. So Chris Stanley, Senior Director at Moody's Analytics, thanks again for joining us on the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. Thanks, Terry. It was a lot of fun. A few takeaways from our conversation with Moody's Analytics' Chris Stanley on the digital-driven customer experience. First, he urges that financial services providers not fall into the trap of simply automating the status quo when their focus should be on how technology can help create more satisfying customer experiences. This goal of delivering better CX makes a good argument for taking on automation projects in bite-sized chunks with the ability to adjust and adapt if need be rather than committing to a total overhaul at the outset. Banks and credit unions also need to find that balance between the efficiencies that come with deploying technology and the personal touch that customers value and that are proven to lead to deeper and more profitable relationships. Chris's view, both the machines and the humans have their role to play in taking good care of the customer, put tech to work to speed up routine processes, and have people handle one-offs and complicated matters. 
And finally, even with a careful approach to implementing projects and striking the right balance between technology and human staff, he says modernizing the customer experience is a job that's never quite done. There's always going to be some process that needs an update or an upgrade, and of course technology will always keep advancing. With no finish line, clear goals and a flexible strategy to meet them are critical. Thank you for listening to the BAI Banking Strategies Podcast. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor at BAI. Please join us next week for another conversation on a topic important to the financial services industry.